GM, GM, everybody, how are you all today? GM friends, hello, welcome hello. to hello, hello, welcome to episode nine of Rug Radio and NFTs Beyond the Floor with me, Ben, your host, and uh, yeah, episode nine, following eight episodes of insight from some of the biggest movers shakers and disruptors in the space for one month we have been delving deep into some of the most exciting projects in web3 building brands with the intention of transcending the space if you haven't listened back to any of the previous episodes give your head a wobble and uh there is now absolutely no reason why you will have to miss out on any of the shows because drum roll it's now officially a podcast and available via spotify as of this weekend so if you head to my twitter profile give me a follow while you're there click on uh the link in my bio it's a link tree link and bosh you can listen back to every episode whenever you want. I say every episode. I've only got five episodes loaded up on there and we're currently at episode nine. So next sort of 24 hours, I will be uh, adding all of the episodes to it. And you can look back through our very, very exciting back catalogue. I am very, very proud that we've managed to pull that off already so quickly. Um, as always... I'll be opening this series every Monday and Thursday at the same time, 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 midday Eastern and 5 p.m. in the UK. And uh, I'll be joined by my wonderful panel of friends from the space as we continue to bring you a show that moves away from chat about reviews of the markets and NFT gossip and we really, really focus down on the founders and the builders in the space that have intent and what they are doing to develop the space we focus these sessions on the importance of storytelling in web3 and the power of narrative to make projects unmissable so hello first of all to my fantastic panel of web3 enthusiasts i'll start with mr yellow hello mate episode nine and they still haven't found us out let's be <laughs> quiet about that you know <laughs> who'd have thought how are you doing nice weekend yeah, good, mate. Good. I had to do a bit of work, a bit of catch up, unfortunately. But Oh, yeah. well. OK, well, I'm glad it was good. Very, very eerie at the moment in the UK. A real sense, kind of a sombre sense following the uh, passing of Her Majesty last week. So um, I'm going to focus on positivity. We'll be positive in, uh, in her honour. Uh, Mr. Young, Tom Youngs, how are you today, sir? Oh, I'm great. Thank you, mate. Congratulations on episode nine and also making it into the podcast game. Yeah, I'm very, very pleased. Um, and uh, yeah, I hope everyone gets to go back and enjoy some of these episodes. Thank you very much, Tom. You're well. I'm mate. I'm great. I'm, I'm uh, really looking forward to, to learning more about Metropolis. I think. Uh, yeah. Exciting to hear. Really, really exciting project today. NFT Zurk. How are you doing? Hello, mate. Hello. Yeah, actually, I'm currently cooking some pancakes, so uh, good timing. I'm listening nice. to you. Nice. Uh, making some pancakes. Them? What day? Be it like, eh? So, you are know, you... we're all sad about... What's that? I said, are you flipping your pancakes? 
mate. I'm the worst uh, NFT flipper, so I'm not very good at flipping pancakes either. <laughs> that's, a, that's a sad reality. But you know, yeah, sad times. Old Queenie's left us, but you yeah, know, you've got to celebrate. You got to celebrate her life with some pancakes, right? That's exactly it. What better time yeah. to do it? Hello, <laughs> NFT spaceman. Hey Ben, hey, I'm I'm just um, glad that I don't need to wobble my head because I have listened to the episodes already. So, um, yeah, GM to all the head wobblers out there. <laughs> and I can't see Bobby in the space, so hopefully he's okay and he'll join us in a little bit. Um, last Thursday, Craig from Dowadar Cells was for me incredible. Uh, like it was a real ambition fulfilled for me as a huge fan of his work both in and out of web3 and uh, i kind of they say sometimes if you meet the people you admire sometimes you can be left a little disappointed i did not feel that way with craig at all i felt i really loved the way he's going about things with dawadarsals the way he has this like calm sense of his personal cadence the pace that he can run at and that he's got this real vision for what darcel seems to be capable of and he's delivering that narrative alongside some really exciting collaborations. Um, and I loved that. And and then, you know, our guest today join us from a project when we're talking about collaborations. I mean, this is a project that has collaborated like no other project I've seen in the space. So Metropolis World, they're building out a space, a world that is both visually stunning and technically very, very excited. So I'm really looking forward to meeting the team today. Um, a bit of a shift for us here at NFTs Beyond the Floor as this project actually only minted out last Thursday. And what we're usually in the business of doing with NFTs Beyond the Floor is really focusing on the people that have time, had had time to build. So, you know, this is a fresh new project just minted and they did so in a really emphatic smile, uh, smile, style. Um, I won't spoil anything with more detail. I will just say hello to uh, Rashid and Rania of Metropolis World. But there are others from the project in the space. But hello, Rashid, first of all, and Rania, how are you doing? Great to be here. And thanks so much for having us. Really excited to be on the show. Yeah, you yeah, guys must be absolutely stoked like what a mind-blowing in the middle of all of this chaos in the web3 space you guys came out and you really kind of hit it at a canter last week i was really so so delighted for you thank you it was a very very crazy day and yeah we're, we're very excited about the future it's a good start you know it's been a long long time of building this out you know so it was all kind of building up to that moment and we're very very excited Amazing. And and before we get into like the questions where I always ask people, you know, like uh, the first question I always ask, which we'll come to in a minute is bring us up to date. Like tell us tell us about the project, like just because you're the first project that we've had on here in nine episodes that is so fresh to the mint. Tell us a little bit more about like what that was like last week. Give give us a you know, you woke up Thursday morning, you knew it was mint day. How did that day go? Uh, I have to say, you know, like we, the, the few days before, we were in a very good position where we prepared so much for, for this drop. I mean, we, you know, we've spent months now developing our partners and planning everything and, you know, preparing kind of beyond the drop as well. So like we were in a position where everything was ready to go, but then the nerves were always 
we're building up because of course there's always unknowns you know like deploying the contracts and making sure everything's ready and just you never really know on the day um so it was extremely nerve-wracking in that morning i think but uh because of good preparation i think we were, we were in a good position to kind of just knock it out the ballpark and you know the thing is you get a lot of interesting sentiment from different people in the market that it's, it's a bear market it's not a good time to launch but we just felt you know we got to just keep building something great come out to the market and and see what happens and that's kind of what we did Amazing. yeah and, and we we always have this sort of motto that's sort of brick by brick by brick which we started you know um almost a year ago so we were really nervous but at the same time we had confidence because all that hard work had sort of been put into place everyone was ready our partners are incredible we'd reminded them to a point of i think annoying them like look this is when we're we're going out so it was almost like preparing for battle <laughs> and then on the day it was sort of like launching these different um sort of points of engagement and activations well rania i can tell you now uh, as the community manager for the lobstars which is one of your partner uh, partners for metropolis world you weren't annoying at all and, uh, and <laughs> <laughs> it was it was i thought it was you were very thorough and um i also really liked and it's something that i haven't seen enough projects doing but like gathering email addresses and just letting people know by email what's going on regularly I found that so useful in terms of like when your mint was happening, when things were about to land. And and that's something that I kind of feel like Web3 is forgotten a little bit is those some of those old Web2 tactics. Actually, they work all right. You know, they, they do. I, I love the more traditional way. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah thank, well, good to know we didn't annoy you. <laughs> Look, very quick bit of admin, guys. I do this at the beginning. Format of these spaces intended to be very open. I've got our panel of speakers, you are guests, and we go with about 45, 50 minutes of chat. I have a feeling we may run over today. Um, and then we look to invite a number of people up from the audience to give their view or ask a question. So hopefully we're all clear. I know that we've got um, some other members of the team in the space. So by all means, feel free to introduce them or introduce yourselves if you come up to answer one of the questions. But I will ask the uh, the founding team here, just best place to start. First question always, can you give everybody in the space a quick executive summary of Metropolis World and where it came from, how it's been, what's going on and where it's going? Totally. So I guess we can do the, the quick kind of high level and I can let, we can have everyone introduce themselves. But essentially, on the very highest level, we're building the capital cities of the metaverse. And the idea is that it's these vibrant cities that are rich in content and storytelling and IP. And I'll let Rania kind of go into that. But it really kind of started with us looking at the space and from our backgrounds, feeling like we could really bring something next level and really just bring out a project that takes a different approach. And Rania, I'll let you kind of intro that piece. Yeah, sure. I mean, we come from a background of, you know, over 15 years of world building and creating stories and, and, and experiences um, with immersive. Uh, so really passionate about taking people on a journey and, and one where they're really invested in the narrative, where they go on a hero's journey and where you know, there's substance um, versus sort of just like a gimmick thing. And I think we felt with Metropolis World, we wanted to create um, these six cities. So we're not, you know, we launched uh, the city of Celeste, 
where you're arriving and it's already fleshed out. There's lore, there's gamification, characters, different tribes. Um, we have these partners, so really interesting founding citizens um, that have their own uh, sort of IP and their own communities. Uh, so the idea was let's, from the get-go, create a, a metaverse ecosystem or the beginnings of one that's already inhabited and already rich with content versus, you know, a lot of these platforms are just sort of empty lots of land or th there's really not much going on. Um, and then I think from an aesthetic point of view, we've always, we, for, for many, many years as well, even with our previous work, we always want to create something that's aesthetically just next level. Uh, we love blending, you know, the fantastical with reality based, creating something that's stylized. So even with the visuals, um, both from the properties that we're launching soon, all the way to the avatars, all that content, we always put a huge effort with the creative team to sort of make it next level and, and really make it sort of stand on its own and, and where people are sort of captivated and there's a sense of wonder from the get-go. I love that. That's great. And do you, do you want to introduce uh, Joby and Zachary uh, to us? Yeah, absolutely. So um, Joby is our CTO. Joby, maybe you could uh, speak a little bit about how we all started with Metropolis and your background as well. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, so, yeah, like Rani said, I'm the CTO and uh, I've sort of had a quite a varied background. Started off as a professional cyclist, moved into the city as a stockbroker and then kind of found tech and and uh, went through AI and eventually, like all of us, fell down the uh, rabbit hole of Web3 uh, and uh, are still looking for my way out. Um, so <laughs> good luck with that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so now I'm uh, I'm in the uh, the enviable task of creating the vision that Rani and Rashid have have uh, have developed and turning that into code that, that actually works in the in the in the metaverse. Amazing. Thank you. And Zachary, hey, hey, how are you? So. Very very well, thanks. How are you? Good. So I guess I'll start off with I wasn't a cyclist or a stockbroker, um, <coughs> but I was in the United States Army for about five years. Um, after that, we moved to Germany and I started getting into the Web3 space, just like Joey was saying, fell down that rabbit hole and versus, I guess, learning how to flip and how to make money off of uh, NFTs and stuff like that. I was more interested in kind of the, the way that the projects were being built. This was back early last year. So how projects were being built and what was going on there. And I landed a few uh, mod jobs, CM jobs, and then worked my way up from there. And then, um, the great team here at Metropolis ended up finding me. Amazing. And so you're the community manager for the project, right? I am head of community. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Same as me for the Lobstars. That's uh that's uh, a lot of responsibility. I know how that goes. So uh, good for you. Great to have you here. Um, so, yeah, guys, uh, let's let's quickly move on to the next question. And then some of my uh, panel speakers may also um, start dropping in a few questions here and there. But like, what does storytelling mean to you guys and the project? It sounds like it's really kind of, you know, what you're all about and you're very integrated. In it, but, but just give me a heads up, like, what does it mean to you to, to be storytellers? I mean, I think it's, it's many levels. So there's the first bit of storytelling, 
which is creating these environments that um, that people can inhabit, that they can wander through. And, and the, the idea actually of Metropolis from the get-go was what if we created these districts and these streets and every you know district and street and building complex has their own happenings and going-ons and, and you know these micro-narratives and then there's a larger narrative. Um, and I think for us, storytelling is really at the heart of anything we create. So whether it was films back in the day, whether it was these immersive experiences, I think what, what storytelling does is it hooks people and it makes people actually feel invested in the world that they're participating in. Um, and, and we approach storytelling both from, you know, the IP where we are creating these characters and these tribes and, and, and it's, you know, very filmic and it's kind of Star Warsian and, and, and what we're trying to achieve. But there's also the storytelling of like the, the people and the founding citizens that we're bringing on board and our community members. So very much like a real city where people have their own stories and their own projects and their own um, groups and, and, and sort of their own sort of re realities that are happening. So what we've been trying to do with Metropolis World is really to bring these two kinds of storytelling threads um, into the world so everyone has a place to engage with when, when they enter the ecosystem. Amazing. And uh, thank you also for coining the phrase Star Warsian. I, uh, I love that. And, <laughs> and, but this is, you know, this is exactly the kind of feeling I got from the space. That whole like Han Solo walks into the, uh, the, the bar uh and and you know there's all kinds of everything going on all around and i i really get that sense when i particularly when i look at celeste and the worlds that you're building and and how they all kind of intertwine you do get that sense of uh, a whole raft of different characters and societies all being kind of smushed into this very small but very vibrant space so um yeah i, I totally see what you're what you're saying there from that point of view. I mean, tell us about some of these partners because you've got, as you say, 50 founding citizens that are now represented in the space. Can, can you tell us a little bit more about these partners you've initiated and maybe how you've gone about initiating and bringing some of them in and, and some of them that get you really, really excited about what they're about to help you activate? Yeah, totally. So we really wanted to take an approach where, again, like, like a like a real city where you have a vibrant amount of experiences and content and commerce happening all in one uh, ecosystem and we felt the best way to do that was by actually getting you know partners on board that really like the project are passionate about it and building them their own environment within our world so you know we have a mix of you know, musicians and art artists and brands and people in the crypto space and nft space and other nft projects so a whole blend and the idea is that all their properties will be places that you can visit and engage within and interact with their content, their stuff, and even portal to their different worlds. So that like a real city, you can have this experience where it's not just kind of like being in Paris Hilton sandbox or in uh, Snoop sandbox. It's, you know, really being in a city where you can have multiple experiences every time you visit it. Um, and we're very excited by a few key partnerships. One of them is WME, who are officially representing us because 
they really allow us to bring a ton of really interesting experiences to the space and to get to kind of all the different types of people in media for interesting IP deals and uh, other elements to tell the story of Metropolis. Uh, the partnership with Time Out is really exciting because it opens us up to their 80 million user base um, and they'll be kind of pushing out what's on in the Metropolis, uh, which is just really fits well with the city concept. So a ton of great partners. And on the brand side, you know, we, we're all about this digi-physical marketplace that we're, that's going to be coming pretty soon. Uh, and the idea is to bring interesting products to our holders like on a, on a very um, you know, frequent basis. And actually, in the next 48 hours, we're going to be surprising our holders with their first soft clay airdrop. So we'll be sending all passport holders um, a certain amount of soft clay. And, and then we'll start telling them about how you can stake your passport, how you can earn more soft clay, and how you can spend it. So you know, a, a ton of stuff's going to start activating pretty soon on that side. Amazing. And so that that 48 hour countdown that people are now on, is there a snapshot that's been taken or will you just have to hold one of the passports in your wallet at the moment that you decide to drop that? As long as you own a passport at that point, then it will come into your uh, gamer profile on the website. And then we will kind of potentially explain to people how the staking mechanism then comes about where the passport can start to earn uh, more soft clay and then we'll kind of start to hint at then how you can spend that and which big brands we've partnered with to bring out some pretty cool um, limited edition uh, metropolis collabs to 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 use the soft clay for i don't know if jobby if you want to give a little bit more if i've already given too much <laughs> yeah, i mean as always you always give too much for sheep but um i well uh, no that's pretty much covered it but what i would say is there's a little extra bonus which i'll chuck out to this space is if anybody can tweet to me the significance of the amount of soft play they get then i will add three win chances to their passport which makes it easier to win uh, a mint of the property in city one so well, there you go. I imagine people are furiously writing that in Discord right now. Thank you for <laughs> uh, thank you for offering that through the space. That's great. And so, soft clay is essentially what the the matter that you are then able to use to engage Metropolis World. Is it via purchasing or is it via like building things? How does that work? Uh, so, soft clay is is our sort of in world currency. Right. Um, so yeah, any any transaction pretty much will be able to use soft clay. And is that on chain? Sorry, just so I'm clear. No, no. So the soft clay, soft clay will be off chain, and then coming further down the line will be our on chain cloak and uh, token called Clay, um, and that will serve a more of a governance uh, role. Amazing, amazing. And guys, if you have any questions, feel free to um, to raise your hand. I'm talking to the speakers here. Um, Zerk, how are you yeah. doing? Hello, hello. Yeah, I've got a, got a quick question. You guys actually flew under my radar massively. I was looking at your website. Such a sick website. Like, so interactive that you can zoom into every element of the uh, the metro, metropolis and uh, kind of see what's up. But yeah, I had a quick question about your kind of plans. Because obviously, I'm kind of coming from you to you guys as a complete newbie in terms of your project. Like, what's the... Have I missed this? Or are you building a metaverse as well? Or are you kind of avoiding that word um, and just you know what's the setup there have you built something already or are you looking to partner with someone to to build that is that in the works yeah just kind of yeah great great question uh, i i can answer from like a vision perspective and jobby can maybe jump in on the technical but yeah we are we're building an unreal engine and we we really 
are all about how like NFTs allow you to they're like a, a way they're a tech that you can use to build out a metaverse. So the properties, for example, are stackable. They can own items and furniture and, and digi physical goods, and then that will translate into the Unreal Engine world. Uh, same with like our um, our, our passports. They're dynamic, so they own soft car. They they own soft clay. You can build value in them, and then they become quite important in terms of the full build-out. But the idea is that we're already building out the internal parts of the properties, and we want it to look to look and feel almost like Fortnite, where you could just jump onto your, into the website, go into kind of explorer mode, and you'll be walking down the streets, entering properties. You could like run a business in Metropolis. You could sell digi-physical goods. So we're, we're really keen on that idea that it, it can be enterable as a full metaverse. But then for people that maybe don't want to do that, they can still experience it like through our brand partners in the physical world or in art galleries or just you know through the content and storytelling aspects. So it's almost like different portals and different entry points into the central city. And you kind of choose how, how you want to enter that. And Joby, I know, you know you've been working on the Unreal piece, so. Yeah, exactly. So, so in given a little bit of time, we will have a fully immersive 3D world that you can explore through your phone, your tablet, your PC, your console, your, your VR goggles, etc. Um, and it will be, you know, every property will be accessible. You know, some will require an access or, or different things, but just like any city and in the real world, you'll be able to wander around. But like to touch on what Rashid was saying, I think the key actually to all metaverses is is actually real life. Um, and that translation, because, you know, the reality is nobody can spend their 24-7 in, in a virtual world. Um, and it has to blend between the two. And that, that's really where I think we're, we're all going to stand out. Even to the point, and I, I mean, like we're still in, this is still like in progress, but we're like, how do you create a physical passport that you could like airdrop to people? And it's this amazing real world physical collectible. And you can take it with you and show up to like any of our partners events in any city and then show it at the door and access um, the event. So how it's consistently blending the real world and the brands that we partner with. Um, and, the, and the items we bring into the world and how that can be in the real world as well as in the Unreal, Unreal Engine metaverse world, essentially. Yeah, and, yeah. well, sorry. I was just going to say, too, we, we took an iterative approach because, you know, a lot of people are like, well, why didn't you just start building in, in, in Unreal? And we're like, look, we wanted to have that substance and that content. And we thought, you know, 2.5D, uh, 2D, let's start with that. And that when we get to the technology, at least everything's already there. As you can see on the website, there's there's so much um, stuff, stories that you can sift through. So that was the approach we took. That's awesome. And and I guess like next steps, and I, I don't want to say next steps and leave behind everything that we haven't spoken about already, but like next steps for that, are you focusing on building and this Unreal Engine side of things? Or are you focusing on developing your narrative to keep holders engaged or are you kind of doing everything iteratively as you've just kind of suggested i think it's everything we're doing it all in in kind of it's all coming together at the same time so i have to say around your storytelling piece there's a like, there's a huge amount of content that hasn't come out yet like about our citizens and our, our nomads and the avatars and city two that we're going to have a big surprise for our holders um about and just the, there's a whole huge like manual of, of of that lore and mythology that will start to come to life and then the unreal piece is just something that's like consistently 
uh, being built in the background and will start to come out um, as, as a functionality of the world. And then we have these core drops that are about to happen. So the avatar collections, which we haven't really teased much about yet. City One, it's a very limited um, collection, the Genesis City. And then we have a, a, another surprise announcement about City Two and how to include all our passport holders, because that was something that was important to us. Fantastic. Guys, I'm just very quickly, NFT Spaceman, I can see you're about to speak, so you are next, but just very, very quickly, reset the room. Metropolis World are with us today. The team are here. They minted out successfully last Thursday, which is amazing, 5,000 passports. Um, I would be really grateful if you would all take the time to just very quickly share this space let the rest of the Web3 community know that you are here and that they can join us and that there is a lot to be discussed yet. And also the little purple button down in the bottom right-hand corner there with five comments. Please, everyone, jump in there, leave us a comment. It does all help the Twitter algorithm to make us even more accessible to the rest of the Web3 space. Um, NFT Spaceman, you were about to say something, sir. Oh, thanks, Ben. Uh, super... Uh... Super kind and uh, yeah, absolutely uh, spot on with your resetting there. Nice, nice one. No worries. Um, yeah, I just want to ask the team really, um, what advice? I mean, they, they talked a lot about uh, collaborations and I've seen them do some huge uh, collabs in, in the run up to Mint. But um, there must be a few people on this call maybe thinking about their own projects or looking at other projects that they've been confident about thinking, wow, you know, what advice would these guys uh, have for um, other builders in the space? Because they've absolutely smashed it with the mint, no question. Thank you for the kind words. And yeah, totally. I, I think for us, one of the big kind of rule sets on partnership was we wanted to make sure that we're getting on like a call with each partner, pitching the whole entire project and getting them invested like in the long term so i think that is like the rule set which is if you're reaching out to people i know a lot of people are not responsive in the space we had the same thing you know like it's it's normal but you kind of have to just go like brick by brick as rania said and just slowly build it and get your first few on board and then it kind of just uh gets easier and easier but for us it was all about you know like let's get them on the call let them really see the project and build a real partnership and what we've ended up with now is, as you know, as you said, like these 50 to 60 to 70 partners that are people we can talk to and, and bring into the project consistently versus like, you know, getting influencers to shill a project. And then, you know, and that's that's it, because I think those days are over. I don't think there's much impact in that anymore. It's like the days of some dude who everyone follows tweeting a project and it's selling out. I don't think it, it exists anymore. So it's about building genuine, real partners. And then in the long run, that's something that you have in your armory consistently to keep bringing to whatever you're doing, essentially. I know it's, it's, it's not as it's easier said than done, but that was kind of just the mentality that we had with that. Yeah, and community too, I think, which is why I think, Zach, you should really speak to that. I mean, it, it takes so much in terms of really your team engaging with the community, listening to them back and forth and, and growing that organically versus, you know, paying for that. I don't know, Zach, do you want to talk, speak to that? Yeah, I think it, I think it's kind of the key right now. I mean, if you don't take care of your community, they're not going to take care of you. They're going to dump it and walk away, right? So I think right now, especially in this kind of like bear market where everybody's 
just buying and selling, flipping, or not even minting at all, or has left the space, I think it's really important to listen to the community. I mean, we have an ideas section, and I go through there daily, and I kind of write down the ideas, and I bring them up to Rashid, Rania, and Joby when we have meetings. And I'm like, hey, this is what people are asking for and what we need to do. So, yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Mr. Yellow. Hello, mate. Um, yeah. So, uh, sorry, I'm a simple investor and I'm starting to hate these spaces because every every set of founders I talk to, I'm like, oh, I've really got to get into this. But um, so there's an element of this, which is B2B, like lobsters to you guys. Um, but the passes that are up there are aimed at more people like me. Um, I'm just trying to understand what the pass gives me. And then there's a secondary thing to that, which is can you throw any light on the different types of passes at all? Yeah, totally. So the passport's essentially like your entry into the entire world. And it's just like a prerequisite to anything that, that happens. So the, what it gives you is firstly entry to the world. It gives you a chance to, to be part of the raffle for the Genesis City that only has 500 um, properties. Guarantees you a spot for our citizen and nomad, nomad avatar. So like there's no way to access any of these assets unless you have a passport. Only passport holders will be able to mint out any of these assets. And, you know, we're going to do a, quite a few interesting things where, for example, the avatars... We're almost going to leave it up to the passport holders to define the supply. So we, you know, that will give each. Um, let's say you're a citizen, you'll have a certain number of um, mints that you could do, and then it's really up to the citizens as a whole how many we end up with. So what happens is it it just there's no way you, for you to access any of our assets unless you have that passport. It then is the place where all your soft clay is earned and it attaches to the passport. So we're going to have a staking mechanism to earn that soft clay, and you'll be able to attach that soft clay to the passport and accrue that value, and then use that for all the e-commerce drops that we have of our brand partners and all the different kinds of um, products that we want to give give to our holders, and then access to all the events, whether it's physical or digital events. Um, and one thing that we realized feedback-wise was, like, yes, there's only 500 properties in the Genesis City. I'm going to give a very, very... Um, subtle alpha that for city two we're looking at how we reward all five thousand holders um with a property so that if you don't get something in the genesis city like you're pretty much guaranteed in city two that's something that we'll announce soon as well and um i think is we know, we know we really want to build that value for this genesis holder base uh, and, and create something really special so that's kind of a big big piece for us as well um, so if I get a property, mate, you, you avoided my question about the, the, the different types of pass, but I'll, I'll let that one slide um, or you can answer it. Um, I'll answer it. So right now for the Genesis City, you have the six different elemental powers of all six cities. But right now for the Genesis City, it's, it's equal, like all those passports have a chance and the same chance to mint um a, a property but with the future cities there are going to be certain properties that only if you've got a fire passport you'll be able to sort of to to, to mint those ones or to kind of be in you know put, put your your raffle 
Um, and then the other thing with the different passports is that you'll have access to sort of exclusive events or exclusive items. So maybe like the water passport holders are exclusive to certain, um, you know, avatars or garments for their avatars. So uh, they will start having meaning. But on day one, it's it's kind of even uh, playing field. That's a brilliant answer. Thank you. Um the final question for me, which is a bit of a follow-up, if I get a city, um, what does that mean? Do I have to have tech skills to put it together? Do you guys, like, issue something to me, standard, that, you know, if I'm an, uh, a tech idiot like myself and I have no skills... If I get a property, do I need to then get someone to build something? No. Simply, <laughs> simply put, no. Great answer. <laughs> well, you can't say fairer than that. <laughs> I mean, like, but, it, but to maybe give a slightly bigger answer, um, the the what we want is, and what everyone in Web3 really wants, is a seamless thing. You know, we don't want to have to find wallets and, you know, type in ridiculously long, uh, uh, you know, strings of numbers and letters. So it should be completely seamless. And that's that's what we're aiming for. So, yes, no is the answer. You don't need yeah. any tech skills. And the idea is that as we start, you know, like, as you know, we just launched, but the idea is in the roadmap and, and very much a priority for us is the Roblox model. So you have a very easy toolkit where you can very easily just like my nine-year-old um, daughter does every day as she's building out her her villas wherever she people can actually go in and outfit their properties and, and put on events and, and meet up with their friends and that toolbox is going to be critical because it's very user-friendly it's easy you don't have to have any um, tech experience to do it so that's really uh, what we're aiming to sort of bring bring to the to to anyone who owns something and just to add, the the properties from from the aesthetic of what you get as the NFT on on day one, it's non-generative art. So every property is bespoke, one of one. So it, like each one is like a work of art. And we've even had like quite major galleries in the world kind of come to us and say, you know, can we exhibit these cities? Um, and you know, it's 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 like serious artwork as well that you'd get when you when you purchase your property. Yeah, we say day one, you're getting something that's you know, every single one of those buildings and houses have, we've spent like days, sometimes much longer creating. So they they really are like crafted pieces of art. Excellent. Thank you so much. And thank Mr. Yellow. Great question. Thank you, buddy. Um, you guys minted 5,000 passports. Does that mean that there are only 5,000 spaces to join you on the journey long term or... Uh, are you intending to like open the gates to Metropolis World more broadly? It, it, for now, we're very keen to build the value with the core, core or Genesis audience because we. I've seen it myself. I've been part of projects where they, you can see, they want to just expand out, or they do a second collection, or they do their like their, you know, that that additional collection, like whatever it is, and it's just not being built on a foundation that has has the. The, the right value so for us we want to really create initially uh, extreme value for just the first five thousand and then 
in the future, we could always look to how that expands out. Um, but, you know, for this next upcoming City Drop, Avatar Drop, and even City 2, which is a 5,000 um, supply, it would be, it's just going to be this current Genesis holder group. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you for the clarity there. I heard you saying, I believe in like a previous spaces that you'd initially intended to mint 20,000 passports. Obviously, you said that you'd started this project a long time ago. It's been a long time in the making. Like, tell us what it's been like deciding how and when best to land this project and the metrics that you were considering. Obviously, the price of Ethereum has also gone haywire during this time. Like, what has it been like navigating that whole landscape? Yeah, completely. I think it's across all aspects of the business that we want to kind of under promise over deliver. I mean, even with our investors, because, you know, we have like venture capital investors, outlier ventures and so on. You know, I remember when one of my investors was saying, well, how long do you think it will take to mint out? You know, my answer was like, yeah, a couple of weeks, maybe, you know, like if, if, if we get lucky. And then with my intention of my for us to just do it within a few hours, which is what we did. So um, we always want to be conservative. We did the same with the supply. We felt with 5,000, because we've already built out these avatar collections and City 2's already in the works, and that's a big city that we can really make sure everyone gets a property and the Genesis City and then these other airdrops that are coming and the the, the partner e-commerce drops. We felt 5,000 is a, a fair number. We can create and accrue the value of that and not have kind of too high a supply. Um, and we just kind of land on that number. As you said, we started at 20, and then went down to 10. And then we're like, let's just do it right with five and really, you know, smash this, basically. Very, like, difficult decisions to make all the way through, right? Like, really, really Absolutely. intricate. I, I don't envy you the last three months of your <laughs> the conversations you guys must have been having backwards and forwards. So, uh, but no, amazing. And, like... It, it, it's a funny question because I feel like I've asked it and I'm going to ask it again a little bit, but like in terms of Web3 development, so you've got Unreal Engine, you've got some activations that you can probably bring in with some of the partners you've got. You've already mentioned WME, you've mentioned Timeout. I know you've got, you know, people like Steve Aoki and, and Blondish and, and other like musicians and you've got I've seen that you've got people in the space from like a crypto point of view, some people from an educational point of view, like what, how do you prioritize? I mean, I don't know how big the team is, but how do you prioritize what you're intending to deliver next? Like what's your, yeah. What is your priority list? What does it look like? Yeah. I think for us, the, the beauty is what the tools we build in unreal apply to all the properties. And then the, those founding citizens, as, as well as just any holder of a property, can then kind of go in and plug and play and use that property the, the way they want. And so then from a partnership perspective, we'll work more closely with those partners that are really keen to like build out in the world. So let's say like Lobstars, let's say, you know, we're, we're, we're close, we're always in contact. If you guys are like, look, we want to kind of do some crazy event in the, in our space, or we want to hold like workshops, or we want to have like, like an NFT digi physical collection that's hanging up in our property, we can then like work with you to really take that to the next level. And 
the good thing with that is whatever you're building functionality wise to do that then applies to all the properties and your toolkit just grows and grows and grows for the users to kind of take over with the end goal that it becomes a self-sufficient city where you have your properties and your avatars and your currencies and you're just moving and shaking the way you want without it really being reliant on us as a team anymore so that's kind of the evolution i think i don't know if jobby that's if i've got that right from a tech perspective yeah. Yeah. uh yeah yeah absolutely i mean the way i look at it is is we're building this central core um a pillar of strength of which there is, the technology is there but it like rashid said it can be spread out to to the rest of, of the world very easily but that central core where we, we sort of are managing it, we're creating the law, we're creating the narratives, we're creating the partnerships, we're hosting the events and we're doing all that. But each time we do one of those things, we create a set of tools which then can be used, can be you know rolled out to the rest of the community. And around this core, the whole world evolves, which is very much community driven and community led. And through this through this sort of central core concept, we we continue to build the value for those who've who've got in, involved early, and and we help them strengthen. And then where when they're in a place of strength, they can then spread spread out and and grow stuff for their communities and their their uh, followers and, and and go from there. And just to add, I mean, even in the simplest form, because I know the passport's the current you know the first drop that came out, but that's built in a way where it's not like if, I mean, I don't want to kind of talk about other projects, but if, like, if you take, let's say, the Moonbirds pass, when the Axis pass they did, like once you've lost or won, that's it. Like, it becomes valueless. With the, with the passport, it just it only accrues in value, like no matter what you do, because it's just the only way to get the assets. It's if you if you don't get win the raffle, your win chances increase and the currency increases on it. So we've built it in a way that as the world kind of grows you get rewarded being a Genesis holder and you just, that value is, is baked into the mechanics of the collections. It's quite, there's a lot there and a lot happening. So I think as a challenge being transparent, it's like, how do you kind of relay that to all the holders, all these subtle aspects? Um, but we're just going to do that systematically. You know, we're going to just do that over time and it will just like any kind of product, you just start to get the hang of it and it becomes almost intuitive. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I'm picking up from you guys like it almost feels like um, <laughs> it's a really, really complicated beast, right? You've got so much going on and you've got so many partners and you've got your community and you've got the space that you're building and you've got the law you're trying to deliver. And actually, you're probably what your intention is right now in three months time, you'll have probably perfected it and it will look quite different. Um, is that fair? Definitely. And I think the good thing is we've put the work in prior to have everything ready that we kind of need for the next few months. I mean, we had our team meeting today about like, what are the surprise airdrops that are coming? What's coming in terms of the Avatar collection city too? And it's almost like we're good to go. Like, it's kind of like, as I mentioned, with the first drop, everything was in place. So whilst we were still nervous, you know, we knew it was all prepared and ready to go. So I do feel like we we're that's I've heard from other teams that sometimes their drops happen and it's like just all out chaos and what's next. We have the kind of plan for what's next. And so I'm quite excited for kind of how it all comes together and, and just how these things start to co come out to the world. So um, feeling good yeah, about it. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I would I would just add to that is it's almost like turning stuff on. You know, lots of the metadata in the passport, which people are looking at, they're like, oh, what does that mean? What's that what relate to? It comes into its own as the next phase of things start to come into place. You're like, oh, okay, now we need that. Now that makes sense. Let's, you know, oh, great, my passport has now got this extra stuff on it. And so, so there's loads of elements which we which we've tried to, you know. As with everything, you're trying to anticipate all the all the things that are going to happen and put stuff in place, and hopefully we've we've done that. Awesome. Um, a couple of uh, questions. One, I, NFTs are dropped down and came back in, so I'm going to see if I can grab him before he drops Hello. down again. I think he might. Have yeah, I keep getting robbed. Dude. No worries, yeah, dude. You rubbed. you unmuted yourself for a moment. Do you have a question, dude? Uh, yeah. It's- it was uh we spoke about it a couple of minutes ago, but about like obviously you guys smashed it. You sold you sold out a collection in this bear market, which uh, is incredible just by itself, right? So my question was, how did you guys act and react to the community? Were they kind of like screaming for a lower price? Were you getting a lot of people saying there's no way you're going to sell out at that price? You know, you're, you're crazy and all this stuff. Like, how how did that look over the last couple of weeks? And what changes did you make, if any? I. I mean, we get a lot of that feedback. We get, it's, you know, it's just so many different opinions. I think what we did as a team was just be as conservative as possible, and but just stay true to the execution. I think as a team, like, we're all about just really executing at the highest level possible. And if we do that, like, like, like the website, right? It's just how can you make a website that really, the weather, you know, on our site, the weather changes based on your time zone. I don't know if anyone's noticed that yet, but like, if you're now in the UK at this time, as the sun comes down, like the, the sun will come down on the website. So just like every little detail is kind of cared for. And we just feel like over time, that always wins because it's just you're building everything with quality and integrity. And we just try not to listen to like some of that more like hype stuff, you know, where it's people are saying like, do this, do that. Or we just kind of stay true to what we think is on all levels delivering basically i mean we've always said it with whether it's um what people are saying out in the community or out or whether it's the markets like we're just we're building something that we hope kind of can transcend all of that and you know will be successful from this sort of very long-term vision this sort of again back to world building so it's always just staying true to that and having that very long-term view versus reacting very quickly although i have to say we are a small very small team so we pivot and uh, quite efficiently but i think the idea is that we're not just doing some nft collection and that's it we're really here to build something that stays and lasts and and, and has meaning Fantastic. yeah and I, I don't i don't I, I would add to that is is you know and my advice for any other collections trying to do stuff is don't, don't be afraid to do something a little bit different you know mm-hmm. Like we didn't, we didn't have a traditional whitelist. We did it with passwords on the website. We, 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 we want to do things a little bit different, move the space forward rather than be, oh, this is what this, you know, this is what Board Ape did, but we're just going to copy that. It, it, I don't think that works anymore. I think you, you need to do something new and exciting. Absolutely. Mr. Yellow, uh, I'll get you and then Tom, and then we'll maybe open it up to the audience. Yeah, so ever such a quick question. I've got a good friend who works for Epic Games. He's a dev there. And you guys are using Unreal Engine 5. How did you come to that decision? 
normally I'm asking this, which is a loaded question because I'm being told it's the best. But um, this time I'm like, well, what? Well, what? Because there's loads of options, isn't there? Yeah, I mean the the answer, the answer is it's the best. No, uh, it, <laughs> basically the 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 so so really it came down to two options, which was Unity and Unreal. And Unity has lots of benefits. There's a lot more tooling, and it's it's kind of a, the open source element of the community is greater. Um, but what what the, the what tipped it to Unreal was the high fidelity. You know, we're a really you know visually driven project. We have high quality art, and we want a tool, an engine that can create that super high end and crisp look of of our art to do justice to it. Um, and and Unreal was really the only one that could do that. Love that. Thank you. I mean, it comes through in the website. Sorry, mate. Sorry, Ben, to cut across you. No, not at all. And I agree with your sentiment. The website is beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And one, one thing to add, which, again, a lot of people ask in the space and where we felt we could transcend was the whole copying aspect that Jobby was talking about. Because whilst you could very easily go, let's say, and copy the Moonbird collection and, like, like within a couple of days from an aesthetic perspective, fine, they have whatever they did to pump their floor and get to that that that, that thing. But with our collection, it's actually like close to, it's very difficult. It would take a long time for someone to go and replicate that because it's a very specific artistry. It's all hand, hand drawn. Every property has law, all this like hardcore functionality, like even just the way the site sits. So that's another thing that as a holder, you can kind of rest assured that it's not like tomorrow you're going to have like Mythopolis world show up and it's just like the same thing, but with a slightly different tinge to it. It's like there's a bit of protection there, which we're, we're kind of excited about as well. Great. Thank you, uh, Tom. Hey, yeah, just uh, to add some more of the the good vibes your way. I mean, the, the, the website and everything that I've seen so far has been uh, is incredible. And uh, like, I, just to echo what NFT Zerk said at the beginning, kind of probably flew right under my radar um, over the past few weeks. And so, yeah, massive congratulations for managing to sell out under these conditions. Uh, just kind of going back a couple of questions to when you we were referring to how you managed to get this sold out during this this kind of crazy market. Um, do you, it sounds it sounds like you guys have got investors. And it feels as if like from everything that I can see is that you guys are just like, OK, well, we've got a plan and we have the resources to execute on this plan, perhaps uh, independent of whether you sell out a collection or not. Or perhaps maybe, you know, that it took some of the stress away from that. Um, was that the case or is that just a, a wild assumption? It, it's a really great point that because definitely we were kind of like we're building no matter what. And there's like a whole global plan here to build a brand but we were also very nervous because the nature of the space is we are selling nfts as the fundamental product and if you don't don't sell out in the space it can sometimes be perceived that you're a failure even if your project does have the legs and it can set you back so there was always still that anxiety of like we put a lot of work into this so it would be better if we sell out because then we actually have a great holder base to kind of start this journey with um but yeah it's ultimately i would also say for people creating collections if you don't sell out like you, you could there's a lot of collections that over time and there's actually data on this that outlier ventures told us about kind of to give us comfort where some of the collections that take longer to sell out 
overall end up with higher floor prices and high and just and just and just more vibrant communities and greater success overall so it doesn't i think that metrics changed these days about like how quickly one um sells out great thank you great answers great answers anna i feel like we could probably go over and over and there's so many different questions to ask i've just been trawling around the website looking at suck ducks which is opposite lobsters and then you've got like nightclubs hanging around and arcades, laundromats and uh, the Grateful Ape, which is a beautiful look. It looks like the front of a ship. I mean, anyone who hasn't taken the time to head over to this site yet and have a look at it, I would recommend it. It's metropolisworld.io. Um, and, uh, and uh, you know, I, I think power to you guys. I'm going to open the floor for a couple of minutes just to see if anybody from the audience wants to come up and ask a question. Um, please do that now. But I would say, like, go on, go out on a limb, guys. Tell me, tell me, like, something that's coming up from an activation that you're so excited about. Like, is there an event? Are you, if you've got musicians in there, are you thinking about things for New Year's Eve? Like, what kind of things are happening that you really, really can't wait for? And you don't have to be so, so specific, but that would be really cool if you could let us know something that was coming up. Totally. Uh, so I'd say the, in the very, very short term, there's going to be this activation on the soft clay and this kind of reveal on how you stake and then the infinite bizarre piece of how you can start to have some access to some really limited edition drops of a few brands that we've been working with to create products that we can give exclusively against soft clay. Idea there being that we want to just we've invested in that ourselves kind of goes back to that idea of we, we've done deals where we can get these products and then people just get it through soft clay they don't have to go and fork out more money so that's one two we do have a very big music event um that is planned with a few of our founding citizens um that will be just a stealth surprise event in the short term uh we'll also going to launch soon something on the site re related to city two which allows our holders to kind of potentially get their, their their plots of land early and give a very inclusive approach to getting property. So that's, I've already said too much on that probably, but that's, <laughs> thank that's, you. Because that was feedback that. we got. A lot of the feedback <laughs> we got was like, you know, oh, there's only 500 properties in Genesis. So we kind of went back as a team and said, well, you know, let's look at how we can be more inclusive um, for all holders. Awesome. I'm going to take a few questions now. So, guys, if I don't get to you, I apologize. Jack Deep had asked a few times uh, during the show if he could come up and join us. So, hello, Jack Deep. How are you doing? Fine. Thank you, mate. How are you doing? Very well. Thank you. Do you have a question for the team? Yeah. Yeah. First of all, let me congratulate this team for an awesome launch and that too during beer, beer time. So, this is something fantastic. I've never come across a launch like this in the last couple of months. Now, I have a query regarding the property. So in case, uh, for example, I'm owner of a passport and is the pricing of all the properties going to be same? That is question number one. And in case the uh, pricing is not same and I decide not to pick up that property, which I am whitelisted, will my chances of getting a property in the next city, will it go down or will it be same? So great, great questions. Uh, the property prices will be tiered 
to make it so that it's as inclusive as possible. And in City 2, there may even be properties that are very, very, are, are almost free. Let's just put it like that. Um, and so the whole idea there is that if you want maybe a more epic property, a more rare property, you can pay a bit more. If you just kind of don't want to do that, there's lower entry points. So totally that's the case. And then we have this concept of win chances in terms of your, your chance that I'll, I think Jobby explains much better than me. So, uh, yeah. So, so, uh, so the city one uh, properties will be on a lottery. So, you, so now, if you own a passport, you can go on the site and you can pick the property you prefer. And then, amongst those people who have chosen that particular property, we'll run run a lottery, and the winner will um, get the whitelist for that property. And if if you don't win then the, the win chance um, variable on your metadata will be increased so that uh, for the next city or the city after that, uh, when the lottery runs there, you have more chances than, than you did before. Um, but, but to answer your, your, your question about if you, if you win a whitelist and you don't mint it, there's a couple of options. The, the whitelist is attached to your passport. Um, so you could, in fact, you know, trade that passport and it will obviously have a premium because it has a property whitelist attached to it um, and then pick up one without. Or uh, eventually, though, if you don't mint it, eventually that th we may have to, uh, you know, encourage you to mint it or release it to the community because we, we want them all to be minted. Great. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Go ahead, Jack Deep. Apologies. Oh, oh that, that's it. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Thanks, Jack. If you wouldn't mind just stepping down as a speaker, because I've got a few people that need to come up and uh, not many spaces open. Thank you so much for your question, though. Appreciate it. Wint. Hello, Wint. Would you like to come up? Good morning. Good morning. Hey, how are you? All right. I'm doing fine. How are you? Yeah, very well. Thank you. Wint, Wonderful. If you want to ask your question. Yes. And, uh, and then I'm going to take maybe two more after that, and then I'll have to wrap it up, guys. So apologies to those who have all come up and requested, but I like to keep the show around the hour mark. Go for it, Wint. Of course. So um, my, my first, and maybe it's a quick one, uh, is my computer, is there a chance it's going to be too slow for Unreal 5? And the second question is, if I own a property, and uh, let's say the lore is, um, I don't know, dangerous forest, always nighttime, I don't know, something like that. But I decide that I want to have a creative drawing school on this property and it should be more light and colorful. Is it something that I will be able to change on the property or do I have to live with the lore that is given to the property? So to answer the first part, um, we, we're going to use pixel streaming. So, so hopefully uh, the power of your computer will have a negligible effect on the, on being able to experience the world. Your internet connection, though, may be a more important factor. Um, okay. And then yeah. all-wise, I think, Rania Ross. Yeah, the idea is absolutely. I mean, it's, it's like with any house that you are building that has a history. Um, when you arrive there, obviously, then you create your own history and your own memories in that building so the idea is that yes we'll have like a whole procedure where you can rework that lore put your own lore um and then obviously design it how you like once you have that toolkit so 
it, it's not that you have to stick with uh, that properties law. Fantastic. And that might, I, I expect, be connected to soft play then. So I have to earn money to be able to spend it for, let's say, a better house or a bigger house. Is that kind of right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You, you know, we all got to pay somehow. And soft yeah. play is the way in Metropolis world. <laughs> okay. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Wind, great questions. Thank you so much. Um, I am going to invite up Metatoshi Nakamoto uh, for many reasons. One, because he was first, but two, because I bloody well love his name. So uh, go for it. Metatoshi, hello, sir. Hello. Metatoshi, you there? Hello. Okay, I'm going to remove from speakers and I'm going to invite someone else up. Sorry, Metatoshi. Uh, I'm going to go with Josh. Josh, Seth, let me just bring you up a moment. Here we are. Hey, Josh. Hey, guys. Appreciate you taking my question. Wondering, as the building worlds and you're thinking about this development uh, and you're constrained by the web development of the world, are you considering what that might look like as new technology comes out and new opportunities for building worlds and new channels will look like, thinking VR and other new technology that's coming? Yeah, yes, absolutely. We, uh, uh, you know, there's there, it's a double-edged sword, isn't it? There's constantly new technology, constant you know, even in just in Web three, there's constantly new uh, protocols and new, new new things to do, different stuff. Um, so we are trying, you know, our level best to keep up with all this. And and absolutely, we have an eye to the future and and how AR, VR, and you know the the mythical Apple uh, AR goggles, which are, which are promised every year. You know, we're keeping an eye on all of these things. And and yes, absolutely, we try to we will try to bring those into the world. Um, as they come out and as they reach a, a level of maturity that, that makes sense to, to really trust. Great. Thanks for taking my question. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate it. I got a big question, mate. Uh, when's Lobstars live? <laughs> uh, do you know what? <laughs> I'm going to speak to Rania and Rashid <laughs> about it and I'll let you know another time. Um, <laughs> oh, go on, release the alpha. <laughs> who did I just invite up? Beyonder. Hello, Beyonder. Hello, can you hear me? <clears throat> yes, very well, thank you. Yes, right? very well, thank you. Um, good, good. Yeah, yeah fire away. Congratulations to the team. Um, I just came across this uh, very recently through, I think, one of their partners. Um, but yes, this. Uh, question I've got is um, really uh, with regard to um, how they approach their investors because this project really um, to me just from listening to the space they've really thought about um, how they've brought the or what's really exciting about it as well is they've really thought about how they bring in the real world into um, mixing with with the virtual world or with uh, crypto and NFTs, etc., and you know, really bringing in, uh, if you like, um, uh, um, artists or, or real world instances of things, companies that we're all used to or we all uh, um, appreciate. 
And um, so my question is, did they, um, and that's, you know, already a recipe for, for success because they'll be obviously incorporating things which we, we understand already and we don't have to re-educate ourselves. Um, was that a real uh, um, strong point when they were pitching to their investors? Yeah, 100%. I mean, for us, we really took the time. With Outlier Ventures, we got into their accelerator program. And that was this very intensive three-month program of like just being in tokenomics classes and drop mechanics and the legal structuring of how to do this and just meeting mentors in the space. So that was just really beneficial as a team. We all went through it together. So as a team, we became really strong. But then even our other investors are all kind of pretty strategic. Like we have the founders of Virgin Gaming as investors. They're like, they're like moguls. They invented esports, basically. So, you know, we're on a call with them tomorrow to discuss how do we do the, the gaming piece? Who can we talk to specifically for certain aspects of the Unreal? And it's just it's amazing to have that kind of level of support and, and, and strategic yeah. investors to just, I, yeah. yeah. And also, we did take a very conscious, make a conscious decision to go to companies that are still sort of Web 2.0. So, you know, when you mention things that are in our real world, and I think Timeout's a great example. They were really not into the metaverse when we first approached them. Um, but we, we could really see how something that's existed for so long, you know, your Timeout guide, how that could really resonate in a city where you need to figure out well, what's happening actually, where, where are these events in the metaverse. So, you know, we do like working with companies and brands that, that are sort of here in the physical tactile world and thinking how do we translate that into Metropolis, you know, as we move more into Web3. Yeah, um, I think you've just listening to, to you guys today, um, I think you've 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 brought that thing that Joby was mentioning that is different. Um, and um, I think you'll be uh, sort of like a trendsetter um, and people will be looking at the project as as kind of the way to go because you, you're tapping into something that I think um, a lot of companies, as you've said, like Web2 companies, obviously can see how they can get into Web3. Um, but also a lot of Web3 companies are trying to to come up with ideas that make them relevant longer than six months, you know, um, and listening to you guys, I can see, see this being, you know, uh, open-ended, you know, um, this, and, and that will be like, a, a um, like a theme. And I'm already after listening to you guys as well, I've already bought a couple of, of, um, passports, but I'm like, Oh, okay. I've got to get some more passports. So, so I can't really say any more than that. Thank you for the very kind words. Thank you for the support. I, I absolutely agree with Beyonder's sentiment as well. Like, you clearly are doing it differently. You, you are, you've made a real point of doing it differently. And I think uh, you've created a space where you've given people, other projects, other brands, enough confidence to step their foot to just step one foot over the threshold and have a look around and by doing that actually i think you've put yourself in a great position now because you can approach other brands and other individuals and say look who's already on board and that gives people a bit more confidence and in this space this is exactly why i started this series of podcasts slash twitter spaces 
is because people need to be given the confidence to join us and to join in. And that whole onboarding experience is absolutely essential. Like that's what we need to refine as a community. And I love the steps that you guys are taking to do that truly. So great question, Beyonder. Great observation. And and I'm going to bring... Rashid Rania, Zachary and Joby up now just to say thank you guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, really, really excited to see what happens with you. Excited from uh, a passport holder point of view, uh, but also excited as one of your partner projects with the Lobstars. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how we can develop the space. So thank you for joining us, guys. And feel thank free you. to just jump up and say hey. Thank you so much for having us. It was an amazing discussion. Love what you're doing in the space. Really, it's so important, this, this education and really diving into the projects. And we love it. We'd love to be on the show anytime. And so pumped for the Lobstar partnership. And we should definitely build that first in Unreal Engine as the first property. Yeah, Excellent. definitely. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you so much, yeah, guys. Um, thank you. I, I would also say, um, yeah, like, thank you again to great questions coming up i'm sorry we've had quite a lot of people ask questions that i didn't get to but i appreciate all of you for coming up to the audience thank you so much to my speakers awesome thank you guys really good to have you up tom mr yellow i can see zerk has gone and spaceman thank you so much fellas thank you great stuff uh leaves me just to say if you haven't already please go and give me a follow please follow my link tree and go and have a look at our new podcast. Appreciate you all. Have a wonderful evening. GM, GM. Mm -hmm.